everyone, I'm Alexis Grace, and this is the Paper Cranes Podcast. I believe that we encounter God every day. Whether we realize it or not, He can be found in the grandest of adventures and the smallest of moments. Paper Cranes Podcast seeks out stories that show us how vast God really is, one person at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Paper Cranes Podcast. I'm Alexis Grace. We've been on a hiatus for months now. I think since March. Um, I know I did release one episode sometime in April, but it's been a while since uh, we've had this time together. So today I'm pretty excited. I have a guest with me. His name is Mr. Katoy. Mr. Katoy, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me here. So my name is Thomas Katoi. I am uh, a professor at the Jesuit School of Theology, uh, which is part of the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley in California. And as you can probably tell from my accent, I grew up in Italy, but I've now been living and working in the United States for the past 20 years. And I teach... Uh, well, a variety of things at this school, but uh, primarily I teach early Christian theology, and I also teach interreligious dialogue. I also focus on uh, questions of Buddhist Christian studies. Awesome. So uh, I could tell you a lot more, but I guess this is enough. <laughs> that's super cool. So that's actually interesting because um, I got your name from one of my old professors who also teaches uh, basically the religions of Asia. That was the first class I ever took with him. And he referred you to me. And that's how I found you. So thanks again for being on the show. Would you like to tell us a story? Uh, yes, I could tell you a lot of stories. But I thought, uh, you know, something which is particularly inspiring for your audience, perhaps, is, uh, you know, about the time that I spent in Ukraine a few years ago. Mm. As many of you know, or probably know, uh, you know, Ukraine is a country which is uh, divided uh, along ethnic and religious lines. In fact, there has been a sort of uh, uh, low-level conflict going on in Ukraine since 2014 uh, because the eastern part of the country, uh, you know, is torn down by civil war, you know, between Russian speakers and Ukrainian speakers. But I had this really great opportunity in the spring uh, of 2013, you think of that, it's already been seven years, uh, you know, to visit uh, uh, the Catholic University of Ukraine uh, in Lviv. Uh, Lviv is a city which is in western Ukraine, not very far from the Polish border. In fact, it used to be in Poland before World War II. Uh, but Lviv is really the center of Ukrainian Catholic culture. Uh, and uh, the university which I visited is the only Catholic university, not only in Ukraine, but in the whole of the former Soviet Union. See, so it's a really unique institution. Mm. Um, and it's part of, uh, well, it's uh, really the one sort of uh, jewel in the crown of the Ukrainian Catholic Church. Uh, some of you probably know that uh, the Ukrainian Catholic Church is the largest uh, Eastern Rite Catholic Church in the world. You know, there are 
over, I think, 21 uh, different uh, uh, Catholic uh, rites. Uh, and, you know, the Latin Church is really only one of them. Uh, the Catholic Church in Ukraine, you know, the Eastern Rite Catholic Church in Ukraine is the largest one. And it has about five, six million uh, people. And many of them also live in the United States and in Canada. So I had the opportunity to visit this university for a couple of weeks and teach a course in um, uh, patristic spirituality to the students there. You know, it so happens that the head of the department is a uh, friend of mine. His wife used to be a student at my institution, so I've known them for quite a bit. Uh, and uh, so I had this really amazing opportunity to get to know a, sort of a reality within the church that perhaps many Americans are not really very familiar with. Uh, because, you know, people just assume that, you know, mass is going to look the same wherever you go throughout the world. But, uh, you know, there are also rights which are different from the Roman right, you know, that we are used to in the West, in America or in Italy. You know, so they, uh, you know, this church has a particular liturgical tradition, a particular cultural tradition. So they kind of function almost as a bridge between the Western churches and the Eastern Orthodox churches. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was reminded of what John Paul II said in his encyclical on, you know, like ecumenism, you know, that the church has to breathe uh, with two lungs. And, you know, and when you go there, you really see this kind of as a lived reality. It's not something you just read on paper. Right. Uh, wow. See, I could tell you a lot more, but, you know, that was just a snippet, you know, of, uh, of my experience there. Yeah. You know? So tell, tell us a little bit about, like, the the things that you observed um what made ukraine spirituality uh so different from what you've seen here in the united states well i think one thing which is very striking is how um you know the liturgy liturgical practice really informs the spiritual life of uh, you know the faith of the practitioners you see you know the liturgies tend to be much more much longer and much more elaborate than most people see in ordinary Catholic churches nowadays, you know, mm. in the past it might have been different, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, most of the liturgies are, are sung. Uh, they have preserved a very ancient tradition of chanting, uh, which is uh, maybe not as ancient as Gregorian chant, but, you know, still quite ancient, but still you know, while Gregorian chant is not used in all parishes, you know, they still use that in most of their parishes. Mm. And uh, so people are really familiar with, uh, you know, their own theological tradition and their own liturgical tradition. And, you know, people will reference it even in ordinary conversations in the classroom, etc. So you really feel that, you know, the liturgy is really a lived reality. And unfortunately, I, have, I don't always sense this to be the case, either in the United States or even in Italy where I grew up, you know. So... Uh, Masses are, you know, sometimes, you know, for many people, you know, masses are more like an obligation to be fulfilled rather than really a source of uh, real inspiration, you know. So that is something I found was really striking there and something I think we can learn from, certainly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned that there was a lot of conflict in Ukraine. Would you say it, what, it was like dangerous to practice faith or was it just that people felt so strongly about their faith that it tended to create uh well actually when i was there the conflict was kind of more submerged it kind of broke out the following year uh but uh, you know the conflict is uh, as i said earlier on is really uh, along uh, ethnic lines 
because, you know, Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union right. until 1991, then it became an independent nation, so it's been almost 30 years already, but uh, there are a lot of uh, Russian speakers uh, in the country, and uh, especially in the eastern parts of the country where I did not go, I have not been there, mm-hmm. where, you know, many people really are uh, sort of looking towards Russia for kind of political support and cultural support, whereas in the west of the country, people look more towards the European Union and Poland, you see. Mm. And so there is this very deep cultural divide within the country. And uh, uh, I I don't think I'm saying anything controversial if I say that in some ways, you know, this uh, cultural uh, divide is reflected in sort of a political divide. And uh, some of the regions in the East have been trying to secede from uh, from Ukraine and actually become an independent country affiliated with Russia, and the situation is still very unstable. You know, so uh, and of course the Catholic Church has sort of really supported, you know, the, the struggle of the Ukrainian people to integrate more with the West. Right. You know, and uh, so on one hand, you know, you have this very interesting religious diversity, but unfortunately the reality is that some of the Churches are not so interested in ecumenical dialogue as such, you know, and so the churches are divided along ethnic lines, etc. So it, it is, it, it, in way, in many ways, it, you know, they still suffer under this uh, legacy of, uh, you know, the Soviet times that is kind of perpetuating itself in the present. Right. And then one last question for you. Um, what was the church architecture like? Because I know here in the United States, um, a lot of people often mourn, like, the loss of traditional church buildings. Um, yeah, so what was it like over there? Well, you know, the churches that are built for the Eastern Rite are quite different from, you know, sort of what we, sort of Roman Rite Catholics, are used to because, uh, you know, if you enter into a, a sort of an Eastern Rite church, you know, you will find that there is a a sort of wall of icons is known as iconostasis. It separates the nave from the altar. Mm. Uh, and uh, so there is a very strong sense of the sacredness of the liturgy, you know, something which is really celebrated apart from this world. Um, and um, in some ways, I think they have really held on to this very traditional understanding of uh, sacred space. You see, in a way that perhaps is not very much the case in the West. Yeah. Uh, but even in the United States, you know, even in the, uh, I, you know, I used to live in Massachusetts, so I'm trying to think of, you know, but even, you know, there is the, the Orthodox, um, there are some Orthodox churches in the, in the Boston area that still reflect this kind of architecture, you know, yeah. so you can see that too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your time in the Ukraine. And thank you for sharing your time on my podcast, too. Of course. Likewise, thank you. It was great to be with you. Great thank to you. Be with you, too. Thank you for supporting the Paper Cranes podcast. To listen to more like it, visit grexley.com. And to support our Patreon, visit www.patreon.com forward slash grexley.